Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ here in Omaha, Nebraska. Good to be back with all of our listeners again today. Great to be back to be able to open up God's Word and all of us study together a little bit more, dig a little bit deeper, learn some more, and grow in our faith. Because as we keep emphasizing, being in God's Word on a consistent basis is pivotal to our faith being strong and even growing stronger being steadfast, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. We encourage you to tell others about the program, encourage them to listen to Search the Scriptures. We know that not everybody can listen at the prescribed times that it is broadcast over the radio airwaves, even though we're on several times a day, Monday through Friday, but there is an alternative. There's an option for people who can't listen at those times tell them to go to our website. And you do this as well, churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. It's free. We keep saying we're not after your wallet. We just want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. So God's word, the teaching of it is there on our website. When you sign up for our podcasting, you will automatically receive to whichever smart device you choose, your phone or computer or whichever, you will automatically receive Search the Scriptures Monday through Friday, and then you can listen at your convenience. But you'll also receive a lot more Bible teaching, Bible study, a Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and a really, I think, a gem, and that is a daily Bible study that's short, seven days a week, only about 13 minutes each day, but it keeps us in God's word every day and keeps us focused on our relationship with God. We call that today's Bible class. Again, seven days a week, only about 13 minutes each day. So tell everybody you can. Go to our website, churchofchrist.com. If you're in the Omaha, Omaha area, we encourage you to come and check us out in person. Study God's Word with us, worship God with us, grow spiritually with us at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Get to know us. Let us get to know you. Many of our radio listeners have done so in the past over the years, and many have stayed with us. We pray that you will be one as well. Now, when you come be with us, our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, 3606 North 108th Street, right at the top of the hill just north of Maple on 108th. Bible classes begin Sunday mornings at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evenings, we come back together each Sunday evening at 6 o'clock for another period of worship and Bible study. Wednesday evenings, middle of the week, good time to get our spiritual batteries recharged to take on the rest of the week. Each Wednesday evening at 6.30, we come back together for midweek Bible classes. And you're welcome to any and all of these services, and we hope to meet you soon. We're going to finish up this part, this portion of our study, Don't Let the Devil Win. Now, we're going to follow this up with a second part, but right now we're going to bring this first segment to a close. Don't let the devil win. Don't let the devil win what? It may sound like a rather surface-level kind of statement, may not seem as profound as you need to take it as being. The devil is out there trying to win your soul. He's trying to win you to eternal condemnation in hell. Now, I didn't mince words there. 
A lot of people don't like to think about the devil as being real. They certainly don't like to think about him as being a, the eternal threat that he is to their eternal life, their eternal destiny, but he is all of that and more. As we pointed out, and as we point out many times in these radio programs, Peter, the apostle, describes the devil as being like a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. Now, we understand the danger of a wild lion walking about. We don't want to be there with him. We want to get away from him. We want to go inside and not let him get to us. We want to resist him profoundly. And that's exactly what, devil, what, what Peter says we can do. We can effectively resist the devil by being steadfast in the faith. Not shouting loud and long, I have faith in God, I have faith in Jesus, but no, living the life of faithfulness. And that's a daily lifestyle, not just words. Now, if we will live in the faith, the faith of Christianity, the faith that comes through the message that Jesus brought to us, the teachings of of the New Testament scriptures, God's word, then we can effectively resist the devil every day in our lives and look forward to a home in heaven with God and Christ and the Holy Spirit. But we've got to make up our minds. We read about that in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, where the apostle Paul says, set your mind on things above We've got to take our focus off of the ways of this world, off of all of the sinful temptations that the devil presents before us. We've got to focus on our God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We've got to stay in the Word, the Scriptures, the Bible. We've got to pay attention to how we're living our life day in and day out. What is our focus? What is our ultimate goal? It cannot be attached to this world, it must be looking forward to heaven and eternity with God and Christ and the Holy Spirit. The devil wants to rob you of the peace that God offers you through your Savior, Jesus Christ. The devil wants to rob you of the hope of eternal life with God and Christ in heaven. He tried to do that, in fact, was successful to some degree with Eve and Adam in the garden. We studied about that last time, Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. But we have to make up our mind. We have to recognize the dangers of sin. Remember what we've emphasized repeatedly. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 6 and verse 23. The people of Sodom and Gomorrah, they learned the lesson that the devil wants to rob us of that peace. He wants to rob us of that hope. He wants to lead us into the destruction of sinfulness. And we're talking about eternal condemnation. He wants to lead us there. In 2 Peter chapter 2, in verse 6, Peter wrote, And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly. Hmm. Now, just the destruction of those cities on a physical level 
that was not the end of the destruction that would come to the souls of the citizens of that city who were living in blatant, vile sinfulness. No, that would go on for eternity. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning with verse 9, we read this. The apostle Paul wrote, do you not know that the unrighteous, now that's the sinful, and being unrighteous is being ungodly. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? In other words, those who live their lives in unrighteousness, ungodliness, unfaithfulness to God, in sin, in other words. All of those terms are simply synonyms for sin. They will not be in heaven. They will not inherit the kingdom of God. Paul goes on and says, do not be deceived, neither fornicators. Boy, fornication, sexual immorality, it's all around us, isn't it? Devil's been skillful in portraying it as being good, desirable, uplifting. It's sin, my friends. So Paul says, do not be deceived. He deceived Eve. And through Eve, he deceived Adam and led them into sin. Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. The next verse should be encouraging to us because as we read these previous two verses listing those sinful practices that will keep us out of heaven, some people might be kind of hanging their heads and thinking, there's no hope for me. Those things describe my life. But there is hope. Paul was writing this to Christians who had lived in those kinds of sinful lifestyles. Verse 11, he says, and such were some of you. But you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. They had changed. They had come to understand that they could be forgiven, that they could be redeemed through the blood of Christ that he shed on the cross for that specific purpose. They changed by God's grace and through their obedience. There's going to come a day when God, will, God the Father will send God the Son back, but this time as the judge of mankind. It will be the final day of judgment. In Acts chapter 17, in verses 30 and, one, 30, 30 and 31, we read of that day. And there's no avoiding it. Paul was teaching in, in uh, the city of Athens, and he was telling the people gathered there listening to him. He said, truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. That would be Jesus. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him, that is Jesus, from the dead. That day is coming. There's no avoiding it. 
The Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10 that we shall all appear before the judgment seat of Christ and give account of the things done in the body, whether good or bad. Nobody will be absent on that day. Nobody will avoid that setting. He wrote in 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning with verse 7, again describing that final day of judgment for all of humanity. When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's not just the idea that somebody somewhere in the world never heard of God, but knowing God, truly knowing God, means you're walking with him. You've come to him through Jesus. But also taking vengeance on those who have not obeyed the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, being baptized into him, immersed in the waters, buried with him in the waters of baptism, so that the blood that he shed on the cross for you and for me and for all of humanity could cleanse you of the guilt of your sins. And you could come up out of that watery grave forgiven, reborn spiritually, saved, and be able to look forward to eternal life with him in heaven. Paul goes on in verse 9 of 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, these, those who do not know God, those who have not obeyed the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, these shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he comes in that day, that final day of judgment. That day is coming. Now, while a lot of people, as we've emphasized in this particular study to this point, they don't like to think about the devil. They don't like to think about him being like that roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. They don't like to think about hell as being a real place. But not thinking about reality does not make it not be reality. Ignoring the truth does not change it from being the truth. And so in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 8, we read this, the cowardly, the unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. That day is coming. We will all stand before Jesus on that day. There will be no avoiding it. But we don't have to fear that day if we're walking with Jesus in faithful obedience right now. Remember again what he said in Revelation 2 and verse 10. Be faithful until death. Now that's not just saying I have faith in Jesus. He's saying be faithful to Jesus. That's a lifestyle. A lifestyle of obedience to his teachings written down for us in his word, the Bible. Be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. That's the promise. That's the peace. That's the hope that he offers us. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 11, 
Paul gives us this encouragement, this instruction. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The whole armor of God. God has laid out for us, prepared for us, pieces of battle armor that will protect us against the devil in all the ways that he tries to bring us down, when he, all the ways he tries to win against us and pull us away from God. Oh, yes. There's truth. There's a breastplate of righteousness. There's how we can shod our feet with the gospel of peace. There's the shield of faith. There's the helmet of salvation. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And there's prayer. But just as a medical cure for some dreaded disease that we might have been diagnosed with is of no good if we do not use it, if we do not implement it, if we do not take advantage of it. These pieces of spiritual armor to protect us against as we do battle with the devil in our personal lives, they will do us no good if we do not take them up and put them on. And so Paul says, again, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And the understanding is, stand against him and everything that he throws at you, victorious. We need to be strong in the Lord, verse 10 of that same text of Scripture. Remember what James said. Submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Victory over the devil is possible. In fact, it is guaranteed, but only through Jesus. Only through Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57, we read this. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We're reminded again of that one verse that we keep referring to, Romans 6 and verse 23. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. If we're walking with God through Jesus in faithful, consistent obedience, John says, you are, are, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. John chapter 14 and verse 21 and verse 23 tells us that 
if we are living in faithful, consistent obedience to God through Jesus Christ, that God and Christ makes their home within us. Now, however you can understand that to be, it, it makes the statement. And here John tells us, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. When you're walking with God, when you're holding on to his hand, you can defeat the devil. You have to make up your mind. You have to make up your mind. In 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. The devil's real. Don't ever let down your guard. Don't ever let the devil convince you to think that he's not a real problem in your life. He is that roaring lion, walking about seeking whom he may devour, and he's seeking you. But you can defeat him by walking with God through Jesus Christ in faithful obedience. Make up your mind. Don't let the devil win. Let's pray. Father, thank you for being there with us and for us as we walk with you and submit our will to your will. Hold us close, Father, and guide us to always hold you close in our lives so that we will not give in to the temptations of the devil. Please protect us from all of his wiles. And we pray for that home with you in heaven through Jesus Christ. Help us to stay faithful. And please, Father, we pray, forgive us of our sins. And hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.